0: Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on the Yamanaka Factors. It is a podcast titled Yamanaka Factors for the Cardio Oncologist. What are Yamanaka Factors? Yamanaka Factors are transcription factors that reset the aging clock by epigenetic programming. Shinya Yamanaka, a Japanese scientist, used four transcription factors, OCT34, SOX2, KLF4 and CMYC and put them into adult cells and these cells would go back to being very primitive cells. These are known as IPS or induced pluripotent stem cells. These cells exhibit the morphology and growth properties of embryonic stem cells and express embryonic stem cell marker genes. This avoids a sticky issue of using embryonic stem cells and instead involves using adult derived cells. This breakthrough by Yamanaka led him to receive the Nobel Prize in 2012. This technique potentially allows a skin cell to be turned into a cardiac myocyte or a neuron. The transcription factors resets the methylation Clock. More recently, it is known that three of the four factors are essential, particularly OCT-34, SOX-2 and KLF-4 together are called the OSK or OSK because one of them, that is CMYC, is toxic. In a recent Nature paper, in issue 588, page 124 to 129 uh, in the year 2020, Luathal from Professor David Sinclair's group at Harvard reported that this technique allowed regeneration of neurons in the retinal ganglia and sight was restored in mice. They treated the damaged retinal ganglion cells with a cocktail of these three transcription factors, the OSK or the OS cocktail, and restored the cells to a youthful state leading to axonal regeneration and restoration of site in the mice. The requirement of DNA demethylases, TET1, TET2 and TET3 for this process, suggests that the altered DNA methylation participates in aging. These authors show that the OSC cocktail induced expression of TET1 and TET2 genes and that reducing TET1 and TET2 production blocked the effects of OSC on the regeneration of retinal ganglion cells and the restoration of vision in mice. Thus, changes in DNA methylation are essential for the effect of OSC in mice. The effects of OSC in humans needs to be tested. The epigenetic clock uh, for, or the ribosomal DNA methylation clock An emerging model in the field of aging is that over time, cells accumulate epigenetic noise, which is molecular changes that alter gene expression, including transcriptional changes, and shifts in the pattern of methyl groups on the DNA. This results in alterations in expressions of patterns of protein, DNA and RNA, that once promoted their usefulness or youthful resilience. An organism's DNA methylation profile, therefore, is a biomarker of aging. Methylations, which are biochemical processes that alter the activity of DNA segment without changing its sequence, occur naturally and regulate gene expression. Therefore, with age, the methylation state of a gene may change. These changes are quantifiable and serve as a mean to gauge biological age, which is often different from chronological age. Interestingly, fasting and exercise may help with uh, affecting the uh, epigenome and may uh, not reverse aging, but may prevent the progression of aging. Going back to cardiac myocytes, similarly, these Yamanaka transcription factors can be used to uh, mitigate cardiotoxicity utilizing um, inducible pluripotent stem cells, which are cardiac myocytes. Because we can now obtain cardiac myocytes from inducible pluripotent stem cells that are genomically identical to the patients and to some extent, recapitulate the biology of in vivo cardiomyocytes. In addition to modeling cardiac diseases, these cardiac myocytes derived from inducible pluripotent stem cells can be used to platform for modeling drug toxicity, specifically chemotherapy mediated to- cardiotoxicity. Every pati- person responds uniquely to chemotherapeutic agents with respect to clinical cardiotoxicity, which could range from 8 to 26 percent with doxorubicin, 7 to 28 percent for trastuzumab and 5 to 30% for paclitaxel. So, inducible pluripotent stem cells generated from cancer patients, that is the cardiac, cardiac massage derived, derived from uh, inducible pluripotent cells, stem cells generated from cancer patients, could undergo comprehensive in-vitro characterization to determine which of these cells are more, more prone to develop chemotherapy-induced Cardiotoxicity. Once assessed, a safety score can be assigned to each patient to inform the treating oncologist has, which patient has a higher propensity to develop clinical cardiotoxicity, thereby allowing informed decisions to be made regarding the choice and dose of chemotherapeutic agents. In fact, A postdoc, Dr. Arun Sharma, working in the laboratory of uh, Dr. Joseph Wu and Dr. Sean Wu at Stanford University, used this technique. He used cultured cardiac myocytes derived from human pluripotent stem cells and evaluated 21 US FDA approved tyrosine kinase inhibitors, commonly prescribed anti-cancer compounds for their cardiotoxic potential. These uh, cardiomyocytes derived from human induced uh, pluripotent stem cells express major tyrosine kinase receptor proteins including insulin, insulin growth factor, VEGF, PDGF lending validity to the cellular model with data from a battery of cellular apoptosis, contractility, electrophysiology, and signaling assays, Dr. Arun Sharma was able to generate a cardiac safety index to help align in-vitro toxicity data to clinical drug safety guidelines. From this safety index, he determined that a subclass of VEGF receptor two, uh, PDGF receptor inhibiting tyrosine kinase inhibitors, some of which exhibit toxicity clinically, also elicited cardiotoxicity in the cardiac myocytes derived from this human-induced pluripotent stem cells. These manifested as substantial alterations in cellular electrophysiology, cardiac contractility, that is a cellular contractility, and viability when ad, administered at clinical relevant concentrations. He also discovered that co-treatment with the insulin growth factor or insulin partially rescued Tyson kinase inhibitor induced toxicity by upregulating anti apoptotic signaling pathways. His work could prove useful for groups aiming to develop effective screening platforms to assess new chemotherapeutic compounds for cardiotoxic side effects. However, there are some limitations to the use of uh, cutting my size derived from uh, inducible pluripotent stem cells. For instance, the generation of these cells is expensive, time-intensive, and sometimes may take several months before drug toxicity trials could be conducted. By by which time, the pa- the patient may need therapy, and therefore delaying the start of cancer treatment, which could be de- detrimental and therefore, this needs to be resolved. In addition, these cardiac myocytes derived from inducible pluripotent stem cells are immature and more closely resemble the fetal phenotype rather than the adult with regards to structural and electrophysiological properties. This limitation makes it difficult to interpret the response of chemotherapy agents and predict the translational impact in vivo. Therefore, it is important that protocols are generated, which can help differentiate inducible pluripotent stem cells to mature in a more time-sensitive manner for screening of uh, drug toxicity. Another important advancement that would be required is a platform beyond, beyond the, the typical two D mono layer culture method towards a more physiologic three dimensional model. Those interested in this approach would benefit from following the work of uh, Dr. Joseph Wu, M.D. and Dr. Sean Wu, M.D., both cardiologists at Stanford, who are leaders in the field, and Professor Yamanaka himself at the Gladstone Institute at you in, in San Francisco. This inducible pluripotent stem cell platform offers promise to advance the development of personalized medicine based on the response of a patient's own cells and tissues to chemotherapy. This technology may finally allow the all-important function validation of various ph- pharmacogenomic studies instrumental in identifying crucial gene- genetic polymorphisms associated with chemotherapy-induced cardiotoxicity. Another area of research is ex vivo reconditioning of marginal human hearts. So researchers are utilizing hearts from cadaver donors which are unsuitable for transplantation and using them as a scaffold for the growth of stem cells. These reconditioned hearts involve stripping of the original cells and then using the scaffold to seed the patient's Pluripotent stem cells. Exciting stuff. Every cardiologist would benefit from following the, the work in this area. Another very important paper was published in uh, Nature on, online, 24th September 2020. The article was titled Cells of the Adult Human Heart. The lead author is Monica. Litvinenkova. No there are several other authors from multi-centers. I recognized uh, Dr. John and Christine Simon because I did a fellowship at the Brigham and at Harvard Medical School, and they're uh, senior professors uh, at that pro- uh, program and leaders in the field of genetics. This paper was is very important because it's an atlas of the human heart. Their results highlight the cellular heterogeneity of cardiac myocytes, parasites, fibroblasts and their data reveal distinct atrial and ventricular subsets of cells with diverse developmental origins and specialized properties. And therefore, having a scaffold may be important to see these pluripotent stem cells but may require more sophistication before we are able to generate a heart in a dish. Listeners are encouraged to read this paper too because it puts into context the exciting advances in this field. If you all have any suggestions for me to do podcasts in the field of Cardio follow me on Twitter.